Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and I thank you for you giving us your time and attention. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards, where we celebrate the voices that inspire humanity. And when we say voices, we're, of course, referring to your voice, because we know you've had struggles, challenges, and you've also had some joyful, epic experiences from which you've learned some valuable lessons. And it's these lessons and experiences that can help guide others to do better and to be better in their personal lives, in their relationships, their careers, and their business endeavors. Now, we all have a favorite story. Yours may be from your childhood, or it could be a story that you heard yesterday. Stories inspire us, they motivate us, they make us laugh, cry, and inspire us to dance and sing and even to create new companies and bring much-needed solutions to the world. Stories connect us to one another. It's how we relate to one another. They enable us to give meaning to our past, provide a framework for the present, and allow us to envision the future. So, to honor and celebrate you, we created an awards program where you can share your inspiring story with the world and to be recognized for your contribution. You don't need to be a celebrity, a social media influencer, or even a published author. You don't need credentials, money, or even the right connections. You only need the courage to share your story with the world. And if you've never spoken in public before, don't worry. We'll train you and equip you to write, speak, and share your heroic story from the stage. To learn more and to apply for your chance to be a finalist and win $20,000 in cash and a book publishing deal from Morgan James Publishing, head on over to voiawards.com and sign up to become one of our storytellers. And speaking of stories, have you ever wanted to unscramble the world of podcast hosting and guesting? Well, our studio guest today is your go-to guide. Alex Sanfilippo. I love that. It's a, it's a beautiful Italian name. I just love to say it. I've, all week long, I've been telling my wife, honey, guess who I get to interview this week? Alex Sanfilippo. An entrepreneur at heart who fell in love with sales and profit and loss statements, get this, at 10 years of age. He used to walk around golf courses picking up lost golf balls, and then he sold them back to the golfers who lost them. What an entrepreneur, right? From there, he moved into creating virtual tours of real estate properties and became an investor. And like many of us, he lost a fortune in 2008. Then he moved into the aerospace, uh, starting in a part-time basis, and he worked his way up to become a senior executive. How does that happen? We're going to learn about that here in a minute. Um, so anyway, so he became a senior executive in a publicly traded company. But building airplanes and rocket ships was fun. Yet after 15 years, he returned to his roots as an entrepreneur. No, sadly, he didn't go back into the golf ball uh, sales space. He actually founded a Christian blog and podcast, which went on to become a huge success. This led to his creating a web design agency and a speaking coaching agency uh, and where he trained people that were wanting to start their businesses or what Alex called their side hustles, as many people do today. His love of coaching and educating inspired him to launch a podcast called Creating a Brand, which ranked among the top 20 on all entrepreneurship podcasts on Apple. Now, considering there's millions and millions of podcasts on Apple, that's a huge, huge achievement. Alex is now the founder and CEO of Pod Pros, 
which is a SaaS company servicing the podcast industry. And he's also the creator of podmatch.com, which is where he and I met. No, it's not a dating service for people that want to be on podcasts. It's actually a matching service for guests who want to be on shows and hosts who are looking for guests. And it's just an outstanding service, which I highly recommend. Together with his wife, Alicia, Alicia, they're changing, improving the landscape for anyone who wants to play in the podcast space. Welcome to the show, Mr. Alex. And I get to say this one more time, San Filippo. How are you, brother? Steve, I'm doing so great. Two things I got to share before I even give it back over to you. One, you say my last name better than I do. I can't wait for Alicia to hear how you say our last name. Uh, excited for that. And uh, two, what a great introduction. I've, I've listened to previous episodes of your show, so I knew I had something coming. So I was like eating popcorn and just like listening to how you introduced me. It's <laughs> beautiful. I have nothing to add to it, but Steve, it's an honor to be here. I absolutely love what your organization stands for from story impact is just such a powerful concept uh, for the studio. And I'm honored to be here today. Dude, thank you for that. We could end the show right now because that's just <laughs> amazing right there. Amazing. So no, I want to thank you for your time, all the things that you've done, all the things that you're doing, and you are currently changing the landscape in such a beautiful way for those of us that want to create podcasts and to be guests on podcasts. And I got to tell you, I started the podcast career, if you will, back in 2013, in its early days, right in its infancy, when no one really knew what they were doing. And I just kept at it. I, I think I did like 53 episodes and I said, I'm not making any money at this. I, that's it. I'm done. And, you know, and I stopped it until last year when we launched the Voices of Impact Awards. And then we said, we need a podcast show for our for our program. And so we're back. And now I'm, I'm so uh, grateful that I get to follow such beautiful guides like like you, right? It's telling us, you know, essentially step by step what to do, how to do it and all those things. So thank you for stepping out and doing that. So that leads me to my first question, Alex, is why? right? It's the most important thing I think that entrepreneurs can ever answer for themselves in everything we do. Why do you do what you do? Well, to go back to when I decided to get into podcasting, I originally, like, like you stated, I was, I was in, in aerospace for a while. And the one, one detail you didn't give, I have to give because people were assuming I was an astronaut or skydiver or fighter pilot. I was none of those things. I worked behind a computer, right? Like we're, we're doing part support, manufacturing, all that. And I ran basically, if you want to like put the job into a box, not where I started, but where I ended up, I was a senior executive who was in charge of profit margins and processes within the organization. So it sounds a little boring when I say that. I loved that job. But when it did go public, I realized that I could no longer flex as an entrepreneur inside of an organization. People have coined the term entrepreneur now. Not quite comfortable saying that, but you know, that's kind of like more or less what I was. But when I felt that I was a cog in the system, man, I, I'm not trying to be rude or mean. I just felt like I couldn't do things anymore. Sure. I knew I wanted to get out. And I used podcasting as my vehicle to get there. And I was like, I'm gonna learn from entrepreneurs and bring on my show, learn how to do this. And what I learned in that time, and I'll kind of give an overview here, was I I and I'm dumbing it down a little bit. So but I learned basically that you find an area of passion and then you get into that community, you find the problem that community is, is suffering with, and then you offer a solution to that problem. As soon as I got into podcasting, I realized that I loved it. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to get into this community. I did. I started speaking at the events, traveling around, meeting as many podcasters as I could, found the problem of they're always struggling to get that next guest. And, and yes, the landscape has changed some, but that still is a very valid problem, especially for the first, I'd say 80 episodes, people really struggle with that. And once you get established and you build up the network, 
it becomes a little bit easier, but people still at that point, I, I have people like myself still looking for guests with over 200 episodes, right? Like trying to find those people. And that was the problem I set out to solve. I'm like, can I help make that introduction happen? And I just became all in passion about that community and wanting to help and serve them. And that's how we got into the space. And Podmatch was the very first product we launched. At, again, connecting those guests and hosts, like you said, not for a date, but for a podcast interview. <laughs> and, and that's kind of where the passion all came from was from that. How beautiful, how beautiful. What a beautiful, um, what a beautiful story, you know, and the way that you describe it, you just sound, make it sound, you know, kind of romantic. Like this is, is it's, it's not only the place that you like to play, but it's also a place that a lot of people want to play in. And how cool is it to be the guide or to be one of the key, key players in this industry where you get to, you know, lay it out for everybody else. Um, did you, were you inspired by any particular podcast or radio shows in, in, in advance to this? In other words, you know, it just seems like such a leap to go from aerospace to hmm, podcasting. Yeah, that's the ticket. You're absolutely right. And I'm glad you brought that up. You know, if I could dive back into the story a little bit, um, when I was in that aerospace job, we were private for a long time, but when it went public, I'll share, I'll share an actual story of what happened. And when I, this, like this switch just flipped my mind. I, one of my, I had five divisions in the company I ever saw, and one of them saved a full 10% on our margin, which was like, this, this is a big organization, I mean, billions of dollars coming through it. So that, that's, that's a lot. And in my head, I walked down to my CEO's office and kicked the door in and then sat down at his desk and put my feet on it to tell him. In reality, I knocked on his door quietly and said, can I come in? Can I sit down? Sat down, but I was really excited to tell him. Like that was one of, in my mind, one of my biggest achievements. And I was like, hey, did you see those numbers? And he goes, yeah, I saw them. In the way he said it, I could tell there was like, there wasn't excitement in his voice. There was frustration. And so I kind of like leaned in. I'm like, like, I'm like, you know, did you saw the numbers where we saved the 10% over here, right? To clarify. And he's like, yeah, I, I saw them. And I, I, I could clearly feel, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm almost in trouble. Like in this, but this is a good thing. And I was like, well, uh, everything okay? And he goes, man, like we, we didn't tell the board and shareholders that we're going to do such a big initiative. They could have been selling stocks for more. They should have known that we were going to do something that mm. big. And, it, and I was like, I didn't really know. It was just something we were testing and trying and it just happened to work. And he's like, just don't do that again. He's like, if you're going to do that, we need to be, they need to be in the loop where you're going to get yourself in trouble. And he's like, it is a good job. You did well. Like he was a really supportive guy. And that's who I reported directly to as the CEO. And I was like, all right, thank you. Appreciate it. I remember walking down the hall and I didn't work too many offices down, but it felt like a really long walk for the first time ever in my life. And as I was walking there in my head, I, I, I remember telling myself, I'm like, I, I think it's time to go. And I'll be, I'll be honest, that was three years before I actually left. I wanted to tell everyone that I'm this great entrepreneur that was like, next day I'm out, right? No, it was three years. And one important distinction I have to give is that my last year there was my best year there. And there's something very specific that I believe in. And it's that the way you end one season of life is how you begin the next. And I wanted to make sure that the way I left that company would set me up for success. And the next thing I did, which just happened to be podcasting, which has no relation at all, right? But I want to make sure I left on the right terms. And I, I know I did because a year after I left, I got invited back when a senior uh, leader was actually leaving the organization they were retiring. And I got asked to come back and speak at it. You don't get to do that unless you're somebody that left on good terms. So I left really well. And I want to make sure that that's an important distinction here that I didn't start slacking and do a terrible job for my last years there. I worked really hard. But Steve, at the same time, I started all these side hustles is, is like for lack of a better term. Right. And that's when I was doing some web design. That's when I was doing coaching. That's when I was launching this blog and sure. All those things seeming like seemingly like kind of succeeded that the blog actually did really well, but the rest of it was just kind of like trying it didn't really work. Don't think I could actually do it. 
And what led me to podcasting was that I realized that, you know what, I'm good as a corporate guy, but I'm actually not a good entrepreneur. And I remember telling my wife that in a very frustrated way. I'm like, I feel like I fail at everything I do. Like, how do I do so good for this company? But for myself, I just can't figure this thing out. And so I started a podcast and maybe it was, maybe it was brilliance or maybe it was just a desperation, but I started because I wanted to talk to people who had successfully left a nine to five job to pursue entrepreneurship full-time and done it in a way that they actually succeeded. I wanted to learn those stories. That so was free coaching and I wanted to bring other people along. I, I thought content was a fun thing to do. So I, I partially started it selfishly, but I, I really did learn. I, I learned how to break free of it. And the lane that I chose just happened to be podcasting, which was not expected at all. It just led me that way. And I know I just said a lot there, Steve, but that ties like the whole story together, I'm sure. No, you did. You did say a lot. And that speaks so much to to your character, how you performed, you know, so well at the corporate level. And yet, you know, such a distinct, such a such a different world, right? The the corporate world versus entrepreneurial world, where you think you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, yet there's so much politics or whatever going on behind the scenes that we as a cog in the wheel if you will you know we're just a small player in 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 this big environment that we don't really have any control we're told to do our jobs and you know do it within these parameters and if you do it too well you know hey you're a threat and if you don't do it well enough you're also a threat so it's 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 a difficult thing and i'm so glad that you said alex that you succeeded so well in the corporate environment but yet felt like you were a failure in the entrepreneurial world because I have certainly felt that way, right? I mean, I was a trial lawyer for, I'm still a trial lawyer, but I'm not practicing every day anymore. But when I was a trial lawyer, I was killing it. I was, you know, making money and having great success. And I like to say, I never lost a case. My clients lost a few, but I never lost any, right? But, and then when we try and do something on our own, right? Whether it's podcasting or, or you know, launching a book or becoming a speaker and those kinds of things, things don't go necessarily as well. And I think part of the reason is because now all the risk is on us, right? When you're working for a big corporation, you can make mistakes and you can still go to bed at night and sleep well. But when you're on your own, it's a little bit different dynamic. And so, I don't know, but it's it's certainly worth exploring and talking about on another episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've already got determined that we're going to have Alex Sanfilova Black for another interview. We can talk Can't about that, that, that very element. So, um, but kudos to you, number one, for finding your passion, because sometimes it takes us a long, long time to do that. And it takes many years of not doing the right thing or not doing what makes our heart sing before we actually, you know, come face to face with, I don't really belong here. And it takes that kind of a situation where, you know, you were kind of like, hmm, I did the right thing, but I didn't do the right thing. Uh, maybe I belong somewhere else. Uh, somewhere else. Um, did you hear the word no a lot when you were a kid? Growing up? Yes, I did. Um, mm, okay. I, I wasn't a troublemaker. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely attested the waters a lot, if that makes sense. Of course you did. Did, did. did you? How many times did you actually reach over to the fairway to pick up a lost golf ball? <laughs> I sent my brother out. One, I, listen, I was smart. Even as a 10-year-old could, I sent my little brother out there one time to see what would happen. So he grabbed it and ran back. But there's people screaming at him. Uh, anyway, for whatever reason, I, I was very smart, like I said. So I did this when my mom and dad were away and my grandmother was watching us. And she was really mad at him. And then I immediately was like, only out of lakes. You know, not going I'm not going to pull them from the fairway because they really don't like that. But my little brother was the guinea pig to test that out. And I'm very thankful to him for that. 
Very nice. So you started you started testing theories early on. Very good. So you did hear the word no a lot. In other words, you were told you wanted to do things. You sound like a very adventurous and like, you know, I, I, I want to try this. I'm going to do this. I can imagine your your energy. You've got a lot of energy now. I can imagine when you were six, seven, eight years old that you wanted to get into everything, right? Yes. I, I wanted to try everything. I wanted to do it all. And when I was also a, more than a no kid, I was actually a why kid. So when my mom or dad would say no, I'd say, why? Like, I, I always needed that. And I'm, I'm sure I got in trouble a ton. And God bless my mom and dad. They are saints. But I, I think I probably, if it wasn't no, and if they were saying no, I was saying why? And I, I asked a lot of questions about everything. I was probably very annoying. Very good. Well, it's it, it it's almost sounds like you're you're tuned into the list of questions that I have for you. Because the very next question, I kid you not, is as a solution creator, because that's what you do. I've dubbed you a solution creator you provide solutions to the marketplace, especially in this particular space of podcasting. But I know that questions are essential to your ability to come up with solutions. So um, I know that I have one. What is your favorite question? Yeah, to, to be asked or to ask somebody. They're, they're, Either there's way. two different ones. Yeah, so I, I really love asking, like I, I love drilling into people's passion uh, and then to get practical with it. So I always, it's kind of like a twofold question if that's okay. Like I always like to like, Hey, what are you most passionate about in life? Like, what is the thing that really gets you excited? And then the follow-up question is how do you practically apply that to your life every day? I really love hearing the answer to those questions. And I find that unfortunately a lot of people don't actually know how to answer it, exactly. but I really love, 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 love asking it. Cause it gives you this huge dialogue of a learning ability for both sides. Yeah, so that's, those are the quite the twofold question that I really like. Very good. And when approaching a uh, solution like in, in this in this particular space, I know that everything starts with a question. So what is the favorite question that you'd like to ask before coming up with a new software product? Because I know that with PodPros you have, I read that you recently came out with a software, an app, is it, that actually um, it's a, uh, a review lottery, mm -hmm. right? So what kind of questions do you ask in your head in order to come up with solutions like that? Yeah, th there's definitely a whole list. Um, but the first thing I always do is make sure that, and I, I told someone this the other day, a brand new software founder, he, he, he took me to dinner and just had like a, I don't know how many questions he must have. Had, it was two hours. He must've had 50 questions to ask. And the main thing I kept on saying to him is, Hey, only solve simple problems. Don't go mm. after the tough ones. Leave it up to like the, the big boys. They can handle that. But I can tell you from experience, a lot of things I failed in was because I was trying to do things that are too big. And I'm not selling myself short, but the simple solutions having a simple integration. So the first thing I look at is when someone's like, Alex, I'm having this problem. I look at how complex that problem is. And if it's huge and massive and take years to do, I just immediately say, I'm so sorry. I really can't help with that. But when someone says, I want more reviews on my podcast on Apple, I'm like, I could probably find a way to do that. So the, the question I start with is always, first off, the, the way I view it is, what are you struggling with? The person that I care about, that community I'm passionate about, which happens to be podcasters. And the next thing is, how can we simply solve this problem? Like, what would be the simple solution to this? And I love asking that question because people are like, huh, I haven't really thought about what the solution would be. And so I just bring it straight to that. And that's how I like to begin with it, like begin having that conversation. How wonderful. And what a simple, I mean, it's it's such a very simple question, but it 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 yields you know, the results are incredible because they can build upon each other. And you're so right. Most people get into entrepreneurship um, and, and what we should be asking, you know, what, sol what problem do I want to solve in the world, right? Which is a big question. And then they see everything that goes into, you know, solving homelessness or, or human trafficking, sex trafficking, or global warming, or, you know, 
fixing politics or, you know, whatever. And they see it as such a big problem because they're asking such a big question. And I love the way that you break it down and say, what is the simple solution that you can provide? What is the simple problem that you can solve? What is the simple problem that needs solving? Because once you solve that, then you can go on to the next one, the next one, and the next one, and you can stair step a much bigger, broader solution than if you tried to eat the whole elephant all at once. Very good. That's a beautiful insight. Thank you for that. Now, um, in doing my research on you, I noticed that you and your wife, Alicia, are partners in your business, as uh, my wife and I are. And I know a lot of our listeners are, right, in these uh, days where a lot of us are working from home and we're, you know, doing things, providing solutions to the marketplace. We work with our partners. How do you, Alex, solve the problem uh, or the conflict, really, an inherent conflict that exists in working together while maintaining your relationship as husband and wife? This is a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me. So I'm very thankful to explore this because I actually, initially when we started working together, it, it was actually tough. Uh, and I didn't know that. It was tough on her and I didn't realize it. She wasn't voicing that at first. Uh, she had been working from home for a while. She owned a clothing boutique. Uh, it was <laughs> mostly online, but also had a brick and mortar, but she ended up selling it. And in 2019, she had the opportunity to sell everything, which was great. So she was at home and uh, figuring out what she was doing next and stuff. And then next thing you know, we're all at home, right? And that's around the time I was getting started in this. So I was like, cool, I'm not gonna have an office, just gonna work out of the house. Uh, it turns out I'm super loud all the time. Like You're really loud. loud. <laughs> yeah, my music is too loud, everything. And and I'll admit, like sometimes like if I'm doing some work, I'm whiteboarding something out, like I'll start singing sometimes if the music's on. And one day she comes in the room and she's, she's working in the other room and she's like, Alex, please stop singing so loud and can we turn down your music and why do you always listen to the same like hundred songs on repeat and i was like what don't you love this music and she's like no this is my least favorite kind of music <laughs> and we, we've been married at that point eight years so i was like oh i'm sorry and we had our first sit down conversation about hey we need some boundaries here at home like if we're still going to be in love as far as a marriage is concerned we need to figure out how to work together where we're not annoying each other the very next thing we discovered was we were constantly interrupting each other because you know it is you're the person you're most comfortable with is typically the person that you're married to. So the the boundaries you'd have with an employee that you don't go home with is very different, right? So it wasn't out of the, the ordinary for her to just walk in the room and be like, hey, I need help with this. And I'm like, oh, I was, okay, what do you need? And then me go out there and be like, hey, can you help me with this? And she's like, oh my gosh, hold on. Okay, what do you need? And it, we, we knew we had to do something. So it was an intentional sit down conversation of how do I, why not annoy you? Right. I like to, I really love Alicia. She's my favorite person on the planet. I'm like, I want to be married to you forever. How do I ensure that happens? Right. Um, so we had like that conversation, but also like, how do we build some boundaries where we respect each other as employees uh, that are coworkers? Right. And also how do we build a boundary of like, this is work and this is marriage. And what I mean by that is when does it end and when does it begin? And so we just really got intentional and it started with the conversation. And from that conversation, it turned into calendar events. So we use Google Calendar. We have two times a day, which are the only two times we're allowed to talk to each other about work. Uh, and it's during our work hours. We just call them office hours. And one's at 10.30 a.m. and the next one's at 1 p.m. And those are the two times. Other than that, we're not talking to each other. At the end of the day, we have a quick debrief. And at 6 p.m., laptop closed, no more work, no more talk about it. And of course, there are some exceptions when something like is bothering you that you would take home from work, right? You still need to be able to talk about that. But it's not like, hey, do you remember to do this project? No, it might be like, oh my gosh, I had this person who really, they were like cussed me out today. It really like hurt my feelings, right? Like those are the conversations that happen after hours. But intentionally sitting down 
building this out in the calendar and setting those expectations and boundaries have been huge for the way that we get to work together. We absolutely love every day of it now when initially she would have told you something a little different. (laughs) Wow. How beautiful and how relatable that is because I experienced the same thing. My wife is a process master and it sounds like Alicia might also be a process master where you're a visionary. You're, Hey, I got a great idea. Let's go. How fast can we get there? Right. And she's the one that puts the brakes. And I said, Whoa, 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 Whoa. There are things we need to do in order for you to get there. Right. And, and then she starts outlining it step by step by step by step. And it took us a while also to get to know how to work together until like you said, we drew boundaries where, okay, these are your, primary responsibilities. These are mine. I'll handle these all day long. You handle those all day long. Every now and then when you have a question, what we do, because we have an office together in the same space. In other words, our our, our desks are in the same room. And when one wants to interrupt the other, we always raise our hands. (laughs) So I can see her from across the room at her desk, raising her hand. I know, okay, my wife has something that she wants to ask. And so it's not so much as interruption than it is, it is me allowing her or her allowing me to um, not intrude necessarily, but to, you know, get something done. And it's always, you know, related to to this. It's not like she's asking something silly, like uh, what time does the gardener come on, you know, Wednesday, that kind of thing. So how cool for that, that you guys um, figured out a way, um, because I know that, you know, just looking at your uh, social media, you guys have a very, very strong relationship. You're such a model couple. And I know that it's uh, deeply rooted in, in both of your, your Christian faiths and um, uh, your love for each other is just uh, exemplary. And so I commend you guys for that. And ladies and gentlemen, that's another topic we could have Alex and both Alex and his wife back on the show to talk about how to work together as couples, because more than ever today, we need that as couples are working together and trying to do things um, on their own as entrepreneurs. Uh, We need that kind of guidance. So thank you for that. Since Alex, you are a master at podcast guesting and hosting and structuring and everything related to a podcast real quickly, what are like five ways, because a lot of people that are watching this show and participating in the voices of impact awards, either have their own podcast, want to be on one. So what's, what are like three recommendations that you can make for someone to distinguish themselves as a guest? Yeah. First and foremost, you did a really great episode with a guy named Dustin. It was episode 15. And he talks about growing your business as a podcast guest. And he had some expert tips on there. I encourage everybody go like, cause we're not gonna do a deep dive. I feel like he like really, he knows the space and he has a really interesting story about selling meat sticks through yes. podcasting. So uh, go, go, I encourage everybody go back. That's, that's from, from story to impact episode 15 with Dustin, go back and check that out. Um, for me, it, it's all, it all begins with your purpose of why do you want to, why do you want to do it in the first place, right? Like what is the the purpose of it? And ide- identifying the right shows. Cause I think so many people, we just are like, Oh, I'm going to be a guest on podcasts. I see this all the time. How do I get on 300 this, this year, which by the way would be, I, I know a few people have done it. It's un- like, you can't do anything else. That's all you're going to be doing. But I, I say like, why do you want to be on 300? Oh, I want my name to really get out there. I'm like, wouldn't it be better to be on the 10 that are just the perfect show for you where the audience is just exactly who you're supposed to speak to. Well, yeah, but how do you figure that out? It goes back to what we said earlier. Like, what are you passionate about, right? Like I shared that earlier. What are you passionate about? And how do you actually get yourself to fulfill that purpose, that passion? Ask yourself that same thing when it comes to podcasting. Look at what you want to do and drill down to, okay, like who's the exact person I speak to? 
So the way I like to put this is you develop a why, why you want to be on podcasts, what it is that you're looking to solve, what's the passion, the purpose behind it, and then create an avatar, which simply means an ideal listener. And I know it's not your show we're talking about here, but if you are trying to determine the show to be on, you want to listen to them first. I always recommend that. Uh, make sure it's a good show, right? Listen to it. Think about the avatar that you created, which is just your fictitious character that you believe is who you can impact the most. And just say, would this person, I always give them a name. Mine's name is Adam. Would Adam mm -hmm. benefit from hearing me on this show? Or would Adam even listen to this show? And if the answer is no, or you're unsure, it's probably an easy pass. And it's better to go find the ones once again, where you're like, you know what? Adam is listening to the show and Adam needs what I have to share because this is, this is my purpose. This is why I'm doing it. Steve, to me, that is absolutely step one. You've got to figure that out. And once you do that, the biggest problem I actually see on podcasting is the second thing I'll share here. And it's that people don't deliver on the promise they make. Mm. Now, the podcast host is the one that comes up with the name of the show, the description, but also the episode title and description. It's a real shame if I'm a listener, I'm like, ooh, this sounds good. Like going back to your episode, episode 15, how to grow your business as a podcast guest. And if I went to them, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. I want to do that. And I went to it and all you all, all that you talked about was like, let's imagine this is not what happened. But imagine if all you talked about was how he used to, how you used to be a lawyer and how he likes meat sticks, right? Like if it just went into all that stuff and it never actually covered that, then it would be a real shame because then I didn't deliver on the promise that it made to me, the listener. And that really, sure. Yes, it is. A lot of guests like, well, that's on the host. It kind of is, but most hosts do about 10% of the talking in an episode. So you're going to tell me the 10% that they're doing is the is the, the, the deciding factor on if you're able to deliver on the promise that's being made. If you're speaking 90% of the time as the podcast guest, you should be there delivering on the value that you know you can show up to produce, which means sometimes, although like I know this is from story to impact, sometimes you have to hold back certain stories that you're like, oh, that'd be so fun to tell, but it's a rabbit, <laughs> it's a rabbit trail, right? It's not really where you want to go or where the conversation should go. And so that would be my second point. So again, starting with that, that purpose, that passion, getting into delivering the promise that needs to be made. And the last thing is having a singular call to action, having one place that listenership can go. Here's the thing. People listen to podcasts because they want to learn. They want to better themselves. They want to be entertained, whatever it is. They want something from it. And the most common question is, where can listeners find out about you? Or some variation of that. And it's a real shame. And I, I learned this the hard way. When you say, well, I'm on YouTube, you can find me on Facebook, um, I have a LinkedIn, oh, I just posted something here and you can go there, here's my website, here's this, you can text me, here's my phone number. When you do all that, what you're doing, it's just like going on a journey, walking up this cliff and you get to this point that has all these different directions and there's a guide there and you say, which way should I go? And they go, anyway, they're all fine. Most people are going to say, you know what, it's getting late, I'm going to turn around and not get myself <laughs> lost because I don't know where to go. But if that guide says, hey, don't go any of these directions, just this one, it'll get you to exactly where you're trying to go. Now you're like, oh, I feel confident I can go. Podcasting is the same way. People that are consuming it or listening on the road while they're doing something else, if you give them one simple call to action, one thing to do, and it, it's understandable, it's exactly what they're looking for because you deliver on that promise, you do really well as a podcast guest and you actually continue to get to serve those people. And Steve, with that, I'm going to turn it back over to you. I said so much there. <laughs> you did say, and and I wanted you to, right? I, I asked the question and knowing that, you know, you're an expert in this space, there are, you know, there's not just three things. There's not just five or seven things. There's a bunch of things that you can, you know, do now and continue to do as you learn and grow and, you know, continue um, identifying and defining further and, and getting more clarity on who you are, what you want to bring to the marketplace. And you're going to show up different on different shows and you can try different things as well. So it doesn't have to be just a static you all the time. Now, um, 
Alex and his company have provided some excellent, excellent tips on not only how to be a beautiful guest on a show and so that you get invited back, but so that you can also be a good show host as well. And you can find these tips and more by going to his website, podpros.com forward slash win. And we're going to have that information on the show notes as well. So make sure to go there because he's got, you know, gosh, ladies and gentlemen, the information is there available. It's at your fingertips. There's no reason why anybody should have a unsuccessful experience as a guest or as a host these days, including how to ask questions and those kinds of things. Now, Alex, we're getting uh, close to the time that I allotted I, I for this. And I told you I'm only going to keep you a certain period of time because I know you've got so many things to do. And it's probably near 6 p.m. your time, which means that your laptop's going to close and you and Alicia are going to go out and do what you and Alicia do. But let me, t- let me ask you this. You've done some incredible things. You've done some amazing things in the corporate world. And now you're doing amazing things in the entrepreneurial world as well. And you're just getting started. And as you know, this program, this show is about the stories of our lives. What is one story that you like to share that you've shared perhaps in the past, or maybe it's even something that you haven't shared quite yet and you want to expose uh, to the world right now, but what is a story that, that uh, you bring that has created impact in the life of another? Yeah, there's, there's a, thankfully there's a lot of stories at this point that I can share, but I'll go with one that I've, I've never shared before, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, it was actually December, 2022. I had this idea to something I don't do a lot of is send a lot of emails. I just have never really been that guy. And I'm sure someone's going to hear this. Who's going to reach out and be like, Hey, I can help your business grow. Right? Like that, that happens every single time I say that. Frank um, <laughs> right. And uh, I, I know I could probably doing better, but I, I send occasional emails and because of that, the open rate is always really high because I think people may be just conditioned. You're going to hear from Alex four times a year. And when he emails you, it's actually important. So like, there's always a really high open rate. Well, in December, I I decided to, I was going to email the whole list, which I never really do. But I was like, you know what? It's the end of the year. I actually think I want to email the whole list. I did segment it out with different people. And uh, so I got it prepared. It was around 40,000 people or something like that. And again, we have a really high open rate. I even said the words, feel free to reply if you want, knowing I was going to create a lot of work for myself. Like this is going to be a lot. I didn't send it from a no reply. I sent it from an actual email people could respond to. Right. And, uh, I really, again, we talked about my faith a little bit earlier. I, I really, I prayed for this to be an increase in our business. The business has done really well. And uh, Alicia, myself, and our co-founder, who's the, the the software developer himself, is Jesse. And uh, the three of us were just like, you know what? We're believing that God's going to bring an increase in this business. We're going to do our due diligence and we're going to send this email, believing that something's going to come from it. I hit send after segmenting everything out. And 15 minutes later, I get an email from the compliance team at my email client. Now I've been with them for 10 years through different accounts. So it was very odd. But what I did is I deleted all of the emails that were in there because now I had names. So I deleted everything and re-uploaded it all and then hit send because Mm -hmm. I wanted their first name in, in the email, right? Like I like having a little personalization is nice. And that to them triggered a red flag of this guy literally had zero subscribers and now he has 40,000 he bought that list or stole it or something. So they shut it down, but they shut it down after starting to send it. So I had no idea who got it, anything like that. And I remember getting really frustrated because if, if you read the email, it was, it was value driven. I get that they have to do their job. Right. So I try not to like respond in a harsh way, but I remember telling Alicia, I'm like, man, like I, like I prayed for something good to come from this. And I feel like now it's nothing like here we are. They took seven days to reply. And every time you replied, it was seven more days. And here we are in January now. And I'm like, man, there's just nothing came from this. And I had this revelation moment of like, you know what? Like 
And again, I don't mean to overshare my faith, but it is what I believe. It's the foundation of my life. And I just said, you know what? Like, if this wasn't supposed to happen, then God will open another door for us. Like, there's going to be another door to bring that business increase. And again, the business is already doing well. So it was just like the abundance of it. Right. I was like, and that's okay. And I remember like when I came to terms with that and finally let it go and stop losing sleep, which was tough as a founder, right? Like you have these ideas and when you can't do them, it's, it's extremely frustrating. I was at that point, but I feel like it was a big breakthrough for me. I let it go and said, you know what? Prayed for it, believed it didn't happen. And that's okay. I'm just going to let it go. And we did that. And about seven days later, uh, it, the emails all went out. They just all clicked and all went out without us realizing it. And it, it started flooding in. And the increase we got from it and the response we got from it were crazy. So we, the most common response we received was this email literally came at the perfect time. And like tons of people saying, I would have never seen this if it didn't come at this exact time. Like we, we saw that just time and time again. And I was, the part I was most happy about though, was the fact that I was at peace that if that didn't happen, it was okay. So it wasn't like, oh, I was right. No, it was like, you know what? Whatever happens is going to happen. And I just need to have faith that we're adding value, we're impacting lives. And however we get to do that, we're going to be okay with. But that was a real big learning situation for me, knowing that even though I have the right heart, it doesn't always work out the way that I want it to. And I have to be okay with that. And whether the outcome is positive or negative, if I can go to bed at night knowing, you know what, I gave it 110%. And for me, that's my faith in Jesus. But if I give it 110% with what I know my passion, my craft is, I need to go to bed well, regardless of the result, believing that something is good going to happen to those that do good to others. And uh, that's a really interesting story I've never gotten to share. And I know it, it's actually fairly, fairly recent at time of recording, but uh, it's one of those things that I realized I became a better entrepreneur and had a better mindset because of that seven day period where I came to true peace with the results that I couldn't control. And to anyone out there who's in this space, I just encourage you have faith in the process. Understand that, you know what, if you're showing up doing well, eventually that comes back to you. You may not see it now, may see it later, and maybe you never see it. But at the end of the day, if you can sleep well knowing you're doing your best to serve somebody, man, I can't think of anything better. Wow. Just what a beautiful story. Alex, as you know, we, we live in a world where, you know, social media, we put on airs, we put on these images and 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 we create this perception of what life is like as a couple, as an entrepreneur, as an individual, as in, in business and those kinds of things. I want to thank you for your authenticity and being genuine and for being vulnerable because um, that speaks more about you and the kind of person you are and also about how faith works more than if I had you on the show and you were talking about faith and preaching and how to find it. It's it's the story. And see, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I want to drive home again in this particular episode is that I asked Alex a question and he delivered a beautiful story through which he told us so much about himself, about his character, about his, uh, his faith in Jesus, about his discipline, about his just childlike stepping out on faith. Now, we couldn't have learned that in any better way other than through that story. And so it's for this reason that we've created the Voices of Impact Awards, because just like Alex, just like his wife, Alicia, just like his, his partner, Jess, you listening to this, whether it's today or five years from now and you're listening to this, you have a story to tell. You've, you've been through some challenges. You've been through some struggles. You've had some amazing, amazing things that you've learned, right? This valuable lesson like Alex just shared with us 
a lesson that he learned that can help so many people. And yay, because we get to be the breaking news. And he told it here first. So we're going to be the first ones out there to, to share that particular story and that lesson, which uh, I'm completely grateful for. But you're no different. You can bring the same value to the world and inspire others just like Alex has. And uh, if this interview has um, provided that kind of value to you, then I'm so grateful then because I've done my job. So Alex, thank you for that. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for showing up the way that you do in the world and just continuing to do what you do. And if there's anything that we at the Voices of Impact Awards can continue to do to support you, as a matter of fact, I have an idea. We're going to add Podmatch um, because I love it so much. It's, it's, I've been able to get on beautiful, beautiful shows and have great experiences through the um, uh, shows that you represent there. Um, we're going to put you in our growth toolbox on the Voices of Impact Awards so that the folks coming and applying to the awards and going through all the things they need to do to learn how to share their stories from stage effectively, they're going to want to be on podcasts. They're going to want to be interviewed. In other words, they're going to want to continue the journey. And I think the Podmatch is uh, the go-to tool that uh, they should use in order to um, continue developing and growing as as human beings and as uh, business people as well. So thank you for that. We're gonna we're gonna add that for you. In closing, Alex, you've shared some beautiful stories throughout this interview. You shared a great story about you and your wife and how you learned to to work together. And I know that storytelling is important to you, right? You're you're a man of faith. You're a man of Jesus. You're a man of the Bible, which is all about stories, right? The parables. Um, why do you believe, in your personal opinion, stories are important, and why should today's executive first responder, the, the person that's toying with the idea of going on the Voices of Impact Awards, why should they come on and tell their story? Now, first off, Steve, this has been a phenomenal interview, so thank you so, so, so much. It really means a lot. I, I cannot wait to share this with everybody, so thank you. Uh, the, the reason, actually, I learned this at corporate, which is so funny. If I go back to my corporate life, I was a facts guy. Here's the numbers, here's this. And I show up to someone's office or I'm one of my managers and be like, what was, man, what were those numbers again? It's like, how come you can't remember this? And then I, I started sharing like little stories and I'm like, these people all remember stories. And then I thought about my life. I'm like, I can't, remes- I can't remember the message that my pastor told on Sunday. He had two really important points, but I remember the story that he told. And I, I guess I just should have realized from a young age that like we remember stories more than anything else. Like I, no one will probably won't be able to remember the three points I shared about being a, a podcast guest, but they'll remember the stories that I shared in this. That's where the impact lies. And I think the best storyteller is the one that can put the points right into the story because then people are like, I remember the whole thing. And uh, I think that that's the power of, of storytelling is it impacts somebody's life because that's how we learn. That's how we process. We can have the, the, the impact, the point inside of it. That's, that's where life change happens for people. Wow. Very good. Very good. I couldn't have put it in any better words myself. Um, Alex and Filippo, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you again for showing up the way you do. And uh, now because I know it's, um, let's see, it's uh, three o'clock here. So yeah, it's getting close to six in Florida. So I just wish you and your family a beautiful evening, beautiful rest of the week. And we will see you soon, my friend. Thanks again. Thanks again, Steve. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have all of Alex Sanfilippo's contact information down below because I know he's just waiting for you to call him and contact him. And oh, wait, before I I completely release Alex, I did want to say one of the things I admire most about you, Alex, and what you do, I'm subscribed to a number of services, right? Whether it's Zoom or Evernote or in this case, Podmatch, you 
my friend, are the only owner, the only founder, the only CEO that has ever reached out to me directly as the owner to find out, number one, how my experience has been, but more importantly, to let me know that I have a killer bio right, and a killer presentation on Podmatch. And that to me was like, woohoo, it's, you know, Jeff Bezos, right, spoke to me and just said, hey, you're a killer store on Amazon, right? What would that mean to those Amazon sellers to be able to hear from someone like Bezos with someone like that? And so anyway, so that's why I thought this is a um, uh, a genuine guy. This is someone whose heart is in his right place. And um, I truly admire you for that. So thank you, sir. A thousand gold stars for you having done that. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thanks again, Steve. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> sure. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, wrapping this up, thank you so much for joining us today. Please go to voiawards.com. Don't worry if you've never had an opportunity to share your story before. You don't know where to begin. You don't know how to write it. We give you all of that guidance and mentorship for free. And we have mentors on board that are experts in their space that will guide you and help you through that. And then if you want to level that up and want to work with them one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that as well. But all the basics are there for you to go in and share your story. And as Alex pointed out, it's important because stories are what connect us. It's how we relate to one another. It's how we can inspire one another. And it's that simple thing that you can do to give such a positive contribution to the world. And right now, more than any time in, in, the, in the past in history, we need inspiration. We need your contributions. So go to voiawards.com. I'm Steve Gallegos, your host. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you on the next episode.